Section 3 of Lord of a Thousand Sons by Paul William Anderson. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Paul Harvey. Joanna Rostoff was looking at him with an odd blend of hard suspicion and half-frightened puzzlement. There's something wrong about you, Lieutenant, she said. You don't behave like a man whose project has just gone to smash. What was the helmet for? Darius shrugged. Part of a control device, he said easily. In my excitement, I failed to adjust it properly. No matter, there are plenty of other machines here. What use to you? Oh, all sorts of uses. For instance, that one over there is a nucleonic disintegrator. And this is a shield projector, and you're lying. You can't know any more about this than we do. Shall I prove it? Certainly not. Come back from there. Coldly, Dariush estimated distances. He had all the superb psychosomatic coordination of his race. The training evolved through millions of years. But the subcellular components would be lacking in this body. Still, he had to take the chance. He launched himself against the janyard who stood beside him. One hand chopped into the man's larynx. The other grabbed him by the tunic and threw him into the man beyond. In the same movement, Darius stepped over the falling bodies, picked up the machine rifle which one had dropped, and slammed over the switch of the magnetic shield projector with its long barrel. Guns blazed in the dimness. The bullets exploded into molten spray as they hit the fantastic magnetic field. Darius, behind it, raced through the door and out the tunnel. They'd be after him in seconds, but this was a strong, long-legged body, and he was getting the feel of it. He ran easily, breathing in coordination with every movement, conserving his strength. He couldn't master control of the involuntary functions yet. The nervous system was too different, but he could last for a long while at this pace. He ducked into a remembered side passage. A rifle spewed a rain of slugs after him as someone came through the magnetic field. He chuckled in the dark. Unless they had mapped every labyrinthine twist and turn of the tunnels or had life energy detectors, they'd never dare trail him. They'd get lost and wander in here till they starved. Still, that woman had a brain. She'd guess he was making for the surface and the boats and try to cut him off. It would be a near thing. He settled down to running. It was long and black and hollow here, cold with age. The air was dry and dusty. Little moisture could be left on Weirda. How long has it been? How long has it been? John Laird stirred back toward consciousness. Stunned neurons lapsing into familiar pathways of synapse. The pattern, which was personality, fighting to restore itself. Darius stumbled as the groping mind flashed a random command to his muscles, cursed and willed the other self back to blankness. Hold on, Darius, hold on a few minutes only. He burst out of a small side entrance and stood in the tumbled desolation of the valley. The keen, tenuous air raked his sobbing lungs as he looked wildly around at sand and stone 
and the alien stars. New constellations, gods it had been a long time. The moon was larger than he remembered, flooding the dead landscape with a frosty argents. It must have spiraled close in all those uncounted ages. The boat, Hellblaze, where was the boat? He saw the Janyard ship not far away, a long, lean torpedo resting on the dunes. But it would be guarded, no use trying to steal it. Where was this Laird's vessel then? Tumbling through a confusion of alien memories, he recalled burying it on the west side. No, it wasn't he who had done that, but Laird. Damnation, he had to work fast. He plunged around the monstrous, eroded shape of the pyramid, found the long mound, saw the moon gleam where the wind had blown sand off the metal. What a clumsy pup this Laird was. He shoveled the sand away from the airlock, scooping with his hands, the breath raw in throat and lungs. Any second now, they'd be on him, any instant. And now that they really believed he understood the machines. The lock shone dully before him, cold under his hands. He spun the outer dog, swearing with a frantic emotion foreign to old Vuerda, but that was the habit of his host. Untrained psychosomatically, unevolved, there they came. Scooping up the stolen rifle, Darius fired a chattering burst at the group that swarmed around the edge of the pyramid. They tumbled like jointed dolls, screaming in the death-white moonlight. Bullets howled around him and ricocheted off the boat hull. He got the lock open as they retreated for another charge. For an instant, his teeth flashed under the moon, the cold grin of Dariush, the warrior, who had ruled a thousand suns in his day and led the fleets of Weirda. Farewell, my lovelies, he murmured, and the remembered syllables of the old planet were soft on his tongue. Slamming the lock behind him, he ran to the control room letting John Laird's almost unconscious habits carry him along. He got off to a clumsy start, but then he was climbing for the sky, free and away. A fist slammed into his back, tossed him in his pilot chair to the screaming roar of sundered metal. Gods, oh gods, the Janyards had fired a heavy ship's gun? They'd scored a direct hit on his engines, and the boat was whistling groundward again. Grimly, he estimated that the initial impetus had given him a good trajectory, that he'd come down in the hills about a hundred miles north of the valley. But then he'd have to run for it. They'd be after him like beasts of prey in their ship, and John Laird would not be denied. Muscles were twitching and sinews tightening, and throw it mumbling insanity as the resurgent personality fought to regain itself. That was one battle he'd have to have out soon. Well, mentally, Darius shrugged. At worst, he could surrender to the Janyards, make common cause with them. It really didn't matter who won this idiotic little war. He had other things to do. Nightmare. John Laird crouched, in a wind-worn cave, and looked out over hills lit by icy moonlight. Through a stranger's eyes, he saw the Janyard ship, 
landing near the down-glided wreck of his boat, saw the glitter of steel as they poured out and started hunting, hunting him. Or was it him any longer? Was he more than a prisoner in his own skull? He thought back to memories that were not his, memories of himself thinking thoughts that were not his own, himself escaping from the enemy while he, layered, whirled in a black abyss of half-conscious madness. Beyond that, he recalled his own life, and he recalled another life which had endured a thousand years before it died. He looked out on the wilderness of rock and sand and blowing dust, and remembered it as it had been, green and fair, and remembered that he was Dariush of Talof, who had ruled over whole planetary systems in the empire of Wyrda. And at the same time, he was John Laird of Earth, and two streams of thought flowed through the brain, listening to each other, shouting at each other in the darkness of his skull. A million years. Horror and loneliness and a wretching sorrow were in the mind of Darius as he looked upon the ruin of Weirda a million years ago. Who are you? cried Laird. What have you done to me? And even as he asked, memories which were his own now rose to answer him. It had been the Ire who rebelled, the Ire whose fathers came from Weirda the Fair, but who had been strangely altered by centuries of environment. They had revolted against the static rule of the immortals, and in a century of warfare they had overrun half the empire and rallied its populations under them, and the immortals had unleashed their most terrible powers, the sun-smashing ultimate weapons which had lain forbidden in the vaults of Weirda for ten million years. Only the array had known about it, and they had had the weapons too. In the end, Vwirda went under, her fleets broken and her armies reeling in retreat over a ten thousand scorched planets. The triumphant Iray had roared in to make an end of the mother world, and nothing in all the mighty imperial arsenals could stop them now. Theirs was an unstable culture. It could not endure as that of weird ahead. In ten thousand years or so, they would be gone, and the galaxy would not have even a memory of that which had been. Which was small help to us, thought Laird grimly, and realized with an icy shock that it had been the thought of Dariush. The Vwirden's mental tone was, suddenly, almost conversational, and Laird realized what an immensity of trained effort it must have taken to overcome that loneliness of a million years. See here, Laird, we are apparently doomed to occupy the same body till one of us gets rid of the other, and it is a body which the Janyards seem to want. Rather than fight each other, which would leave the body helpless, we'd better cooperate. But, Lord, man, what do you think I am? Do you think I want a vampire like you up there in my brain? The answer was fierce and cold. What of me, Laird? I, who is Dariush, of Talif, 
lord of a thousand sons and lover of Lorna the Fair, immortalized noble of the greatest empire the universe has ever seen. I am now trapped in the half-evolved body of a hunted alien, a million years after the death of all which mattered. Better be glad I'm here, Laird. I can handle those weapons, you know. The eyes looked out over the bleak, windy hillscape, and the double mind watched distant dwarfed forms clambering in the rocks, searching for a trail. A hell of a lot of good that does us now, said Laird. Besides, I can hear you thinking, you know, and I can remember your own past thoughts. Saul or Janya, it's the same to you. How do I know you'll play ball with me? The answer was instant, but dark with an unpleasant laughter. Why, read my mind, Laird. It's your mind, too, isn't it? Then more soberly. Apparently, history is repeating itself in the revolt of the barbarians against the mother planet. Though on a smaller scale and with a less developed science, I do not expect the result to be any happier for civilization than before, so perhaps I may take a more effective hand than I did before. It was ghostly, lying here in the wind-grieved remnants of a world, watching the hunters move through a bitter haze of moonlight, and having thoughts which were not one's own, thoughts over which there was no control. Laird clenched his fists, fighting for stability. That's better, said Darish's sardonic mind. But relax. Breathe slowly and deeply. Concentrate only on the breathing for a while. And then search my mind, which is also yours. Shut up, shut up. I'm afraid that is impossible. We're in the same brain, you know and we'll have to get used to each other's streams of consciousness. Relax, man. Lie still. Think over the thing which has happened to you, and know it for the wonder it is. Man, they say, is a time-binding animal. But only the mighty will and yearning of Weirda had ever leaped across the borders of death itself, waited a million years that that which was a world might not die out of all history. What is the personality? It is not a thing, discrete and material. It is a pattern and a process. The body starts with a certain genetic inheritance and meets all the manifold complexities of environment. The whole organism is a set of reactions between the two. The primarily mental component, sometimes called the ego, is not separable from the body, but can in some ways be studied apart. The scientists had found a way to save something of that which was Dariush, while the enemy was blazing and thundering at the gates of Weirda, while all the planet waited for the last battle and the ultimate night. Quiet men in laboratories had perfected the molecular scanner so that the pattern of synapses, which made up all memory, habit, reflex, instinct, the continuity of the ego, could be recorded upon the electronic structure of certain crystals. They took the pattern of Dariush and of none other, for only he of the remaining immortals was willing. Who else would want a pattern 
to be repeated, ages after he himself was dead, ages after all the world and all history and meaning were lost. But Darius had always been reckless, and Lorna was dead, and he didn't care much for what happened. Lorna, Lorna. Laird saw the unforgotten image rise in his memory, golden-eyed and laughing, the long, dark hair flowing around the lovely suppleness of her. He remembered the sound of her voice and the sweetness of her lips, and he loved her. A million years, and she was dust blowing on the night wind. And he loved her with that part of him which was Darius, and with more than a little of John Laird. Oh, Lorna. And Darius the man had gone to die with his planet, but the crystal pattern which reproduced the ego of Darius lay in the vaults they had made, surrounded by all the mightiest works of Weirda. Sooner or later, sometime in the infinite future of the universe, someone would come. Someone or something would put the helmet on his head and activate it, and the pattern would be reproduced on the neurons. The mind of Darius would live again, and he would speak for dead Vuerda and seek to renew the tradition of 50 million years. It would be the will of Vuerda reaching across time. But Vuerda is dead, thought Laird frantically. Vuerda is gone. This is a new history. You've got no business telling us what to do. The reply was cold with arrogance. I shall do as I see fit. Meanwhile, I advise that you lie passive and do not attempt to interfere with me. Cram it, Darius, Laird's mouth drew back in a snarl. I won't be dictated to by anyone, let alone a ghost. Persuasively, the answer came. At the moment, neither of us has much choice. We are hunted, and if they have energy trackers, yes, I see they do, they'll find us by this body's thermal radiation alone. Best we surrender peaceably. Once aboard the ship, loaded with all the might of Weirda, our chance should come. Laird lay quietly, watching the hunters move closer, and the sense of defeat came down on him like a falling world. What else could he do? What other chance was there? All right, he said at last audibly. All right, but I'll be watching your every thought, understand? I don't think you can stop me from committing suicide if I must. I think I can, but opposing signals to the body will only neutralize each other, leave it helplessly fighting itself. Relax, Laird, lie back, and let me handle this. I am Darius, the warrior, and I have come through harder battles than this. They rose and began walking down the hillside with arms lifted. Darius's thought ran on. Besides, that's a nice-looking wench in command. It could be interesting. His laughter rang out under the moon, and it was not the laughter of a human being. End of section 3. Recording by Paul Harvey.